0: Hi guys, thank you all for tuning in. Welcome to the fourth episode of Mixed Chart. So today's topic is something that I think is very relevant to our generation and something that we definitely don't talk about enough over here. Today we're going to be discussing eating disorders and our guest speaker is one of my oldest and one of my closest friends, Visha Shams. So Visha, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi guys, my name is Risha Shams and I've been friends with Hamza for quite a while now and I'm really excited about today's episode because not only is this something I'm super passionate about, but it's also something quite personal to me.
0: So to start off this episode, Risha, can you tell us, when did you realize that you had an eating disorder?
1: So it wasn't something where I just woke up one day and I realized, oh, there's something wrong with the way I'm eating, there's something wrong with the way... I you know choose my meals and how regularly I eat. It was sort of like a gradual realization where you know there was I started noticing there were disturbances in my eating habits and there were behavioral changes and there was also certain small small things where I would think to myself before I would eat and I'd be like no Risha you shouldn't eat this. It's not good for you or like there're too many calories in this. What will you look like once you finish this meal? And gradually, I just started realizing, you know, there's something, there is a problem here.
0: And I think that's something that takes a lot of courage to realize that a problem does exist. And that is always the first step for any issues to recognize the problem. But, I mean, from what I've understood from your response, it's food is the central problem when it comes yeah. to an eating disorder. So, how would you describe your relationship with food and the way it changed over the years?
1: Well, it's actually a confluence of factors but the way I like to define it is kind of a toxic relationship I guess it's like I don't hate food don't get me wrong I love food I love eating I love the way it tastes I'm quite a picky eater as you know (laughs) Hamza but I would never turn down you know a plate of fries or like burgers or anything but it's just I, I love food but I hate eating that's what it is for me it's like I'll see it and I'll want it really badly, but I won't it won't go inside my body without this huge amount of guilt.
0: And I think that's those are the small changes that you talked about, right? Yeah. Wanting to eat and then feeling a little guilty about what you've eaten, thinking, Oh, you know, I'm hungry, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. The things that you don't realize, the things that you <laughs> take for granted in the beginning before you realize you had this problem aren't things you take for granted anymore.
1: Yeah, and it's like before before I realized I had this eating disorder it was like I used to enjoy my food but now it's like I force myself to eat it because I know I need to eat but I don't necessarily enjoy it cuz there's just this guilt there's all these thoughts in my head that are telling me that you can't have this and that you know even if there's like an upcoming event for example I will tell myself you shouldn't eat for a couple of days before because It's quite sad, actually. Like, I tell myself, you know, I can't have all these foods, which I really, really want. And if I'm at a plan with my friends, I'll try not to eat as much. Or if I do eat, I'll go home and I won't eat. So it's just...
0: It's complicated. Yeah, it is. And you talk about this guilt that you feel whenever you're eating food. Where do you think that guilt comes from? Where does it stem?
1: Well, for me, it started off as... I mean, this is for a lot of people, I'm sure, but it's media, the social media that we're all on, we're seeing all these Instagram models, we're seeing even our friends, and we're not trying to compare ourselves to, you know, people we're closest to, but it just naturally, it happens, I guess, for me, at least, where I just see them. And I'm, I just, I want to look like them. I'm never happy with the way I look. If I look in the mirror, there's all these flaws. And I don't understand where these beauty standards come from, where like you look in the mirror and you think that there's something wrong with you. Cause there's honestly, there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. But I guess it's something really difficult to come out of. Cause this is happening for quite a few years now, if I'm being honest. And it's kind of a routine in my head where this is the way I think. This is my normal. If it's not normal for me to look in the mirror and think I look good, it's not normal to have a meal, and enjoy eating it.
0: And these are also similar topics that we brushed upon when we talked about fat phobia, where media, although it has some benefits in raising awareness, it is still a double-edged sword, where it is the source of these problems. And do you think that our society, I mean, considering this podcast is about Pakistani culture and society, that there is a problem in the way that we go about talking about these issues or the way that they're described to us from the older generation
1: i think that's actually a bigger factor than social media because we're surrounded by our parents our elders our family members who just they don't they don't understand and it's not necessarily their fault because they've grown up with this mindset that skinny is the beautiful and that you know you have to have that hourglass figure and it's just these little little comments that we get from our parents and if we go to like you know dawats or something and our aunts and uncles they comment on our body and if you come and you look a little chubby they don't say that they say healthy they use the word oh you're looking a bit healthy and i don't think they realize that comes across as hurtful but it really is and if you come and you look quite you know you've lost a lot of weight they compliment you on it they don't they don't you know, say it out of place of concern.
0: They associate losing weight, looking skinny with happiness. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think a lot of people with eating disorders think that once you reach your goal weight or body shape, you will be happier. But honestly, there's this thing that comes with, like your body dysmorphia will never let you feel happy with the way you look, no matter what. If you think you're at your goal weight, you won't be like for example I remember a few years ago if I looked back I would think wow like I looked so good I looked so you know I was so fit my diet was perfect I was working out so much why was I not happy and I remember back then I wanted to continue losing weight even though now I would kill to look like that again
0: and I, I mean I remember what it yeah. was like before and I mean it's amazing how much better that you've become since then and yeah, how exactly. far you've come thank you so you're here talking about this problem and it's something that there is awareness campaigns about this you see it on social media even here it's not the biggest but there is some awareness about it but from what most people see it's usually women who come and talk about their experience with body dysmorphia with eating disorders and you don't really see men talking about their experiences as much at least over here now do you think that there's more of a taboo towards men coming out about it because of the whole masculine masculinity yeah yeah, no emotion
1: exactly i i feel like that a lot because you know women are more i mean I'm not generalizing this, but I'm just saying that it feels easier for women to come out with their emotions because there's not this toxic masculinity around them. Whereas like men and guys, I'm sure for for you, it's, it's difficult to come out with this sort of stuff because it's just seen as you being weak. weak. Yeah. yeah. It's like you being weak and you not being able to control your emotions, control your thoughts. Because... With men, it's like, oh, you know, their friends will just brush it off. Like, you know, just go to the gym, just work out. It's not that big of a deal. And I feel like it's really difficult for guys to come out with this stuff and share their stories because they feel like they won't be understood because there's just such a lack of other guys coming out with this stuff.
0: And I mean, speaking from my personal experience and what I think most men can relate to is that talking about your emotions isn't easy not necessarily because you don't want to but because you've been conditioned a certain way just like in beauty standards women have been conditioned a certain way to think you know hourglass figure is better the same way yeah. men have been conditioned to
1: buff bodies muscular and,
0: and tall to not talk about their feelings to be cold yeah. that's what you're taught growing up men shouldn't cry it's things like these that you don't realize have effects, but when it comes to things like this, things that are genuinely important for your health or for the people around you, this is when those small things plays out, those conversations that you know you take as jokes when you were a child or that you do with your friends, they do have an impact on the way you think and the way that you are willing to deal with your own trauma or the way that you're willing to deal with something like an eating disorder, for example. But right now, I think that it has changed over the years for you, at least from what I've seen, you have recovered somewhat, or you're recovering, you're in the process. So what pushed you towards that point to take those steps?
1: Um, I think it was sort of, it was, again, it was a gradual process. It wasn't me, again, waking up one day and thinking, I need to recover, this is enough. It was more of, I was just getting sick of my new way of life. It's, it's tiring honestly. Like you feel good about yourself some days, but most days it's like you feel you feel shit about yourself. And it's just it's like you want to recover, but it's the difficult thing is you really can't because even though you really need to, and it's important that you do, there's also part of you that'll think, How will I be comfortable? comfortable with myself if I'm not controlling what I eat or controlling how much I exercise and not constantly criticizing myself how will I be happy with the way I look and it's something that you know these eating disorders they're terrible but they give you a sort of sense of comfort I guess because I mean for me it's all I've ever known for the past four four years
0: yeah I think so
1: yeah it's it's all I've ever known and it's it's just difficult to Tell myself it's time for routine change. You need to change your mindset, change the way you think. But that's scary.
0: Like, it is changing the way your life has been for your most formative years. And I think that's what most people go through because, I mean, it's like any habit. You do it for so long that it feels normal and that changing feels abnormal. And that's scary.
1: I remember I was talking to my friend actually just a week ago and I was telling her how. You know, for our graduation that just happened, um, I was I was telling her that, you know, I'm really I'm not going to eat for a while because I just don't want to bloat. I want to look good in my outfit. It's quite tight. So I don't want to, you know, seem, you know, so. So she told me that's not normal. I was like, "What do you mean? That's that's such a normal way of thinking. Like, don't you don't you feel that way?" And she's just like, "No. Why why would I? You should eat. It's normal. How how else will you enjoy your time there if you're just so low on energy?" I'm like, I was just like, you know, it was so difficult for me to think that that's not how she thinks. That's not how anyone thinks. It's just me, and it's it's just sad that I'm kind of alone in this. But I guess that's why I don't want to be alone in something anymore. I want to be normal, I guess.
0: And I think that at least things like this or talking to the people around you is also really important in that recovery. I mean, when you talk to us, I hope that you feel better. Yeah, and that, I do. you know, you're, most people who have these, like you're surrounded by people who care about you. So please open up to them, tell them about your problems because keeping it to yourself is only and always going to make things worse. But talking about those situations, how would you say is the best way to be there for a friend who has similar problems? Because I mean, you can't fix it because obviously yeah, you're a child, like in generally, yeah. you're just a person, you're not a doctor. You're not an adult and not everyone can tell their parents. Not everyone can go to a doctor. So what can friends do?
1: I think what your friends need to realize is that we're not coming to you for advice. We're coming to you out of a place of comfort. We just want to tell you how we're feeling, how we're struggling with our eating and how it's just difficult for us. We're not looking for solutions necessarily. We're just looking for someone who'll be there for us, someone who will listen because it's not our friends' jobs to fix us. It's It can only be us, you know? And I feel like if we're with our friends and they're aware of the fact that we do have a problem with our eating, we do have an eating disorder, it's also difficult that if we say we're not feeling like we want a snack and they push you, they're like, no, eat, why aren't you eating? And they know we have this problem, but they continue to tell us to eat. It's just like, I mean, certain times there is... Like there is, it's necessary to help us because if we haven't eaten in a while, it's appreciated. But usually you just need to know that it annoys us more than it helps us because it's not that we don't want to eat. It's just that we can't. Like sometimes my body genuinely just rejects food. Like I put it in my mouth and it just, I can't have it. I can't even put it down my throat. So it's just, I feel like they don't understand that. And you should really try and be considerate because it's something really difficult and it's not just like eat, why aren't you eating? It's not that big of a deal it's it's genuinely really hard.
0: and I think that is the perfect way to end this episode. Don't try and fix them. just be there for yeah, them exactly. and that's that's all you can do and then you just hope that they will take the right steps themselves. It's a personal journey, yeah.
1: And also, if anyone here is listening, shares my, you know, problems or experiences, you're always welcome to message me or Hamza. We're here for you. And I know how to deal with this. I mean, I I try, you know, my best and I can help you. And even Hamza can help. you. Yeah, please. If
0: anyone is struggling, like always reach out, reach out to us. You don't, some of you may not even know me, but that's even that's
1: better. You know, if you don't know them, it's. It's, like it's easier to open up to someone in a way.
0: So DM me on Instagram. The Instagram is at MixChart. For everyone listening, go follow it. I post updates there and different behind the scene episodes. But thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Risha, for being part of this of episode. And we're going to be starting the Q&A session now. So we've gotten a couple of questions. I put an Instagram story out. And the first question that I've gotten is... Any advice on how to help someone going through the problem?
1: Um, I would just say be patient with yourself. Um, it's not something that you can just up and end. You know, it's gonna take a while. You're gonna have relapses. It's gonna, it's gonna be really difficult. But you should just know that, like for me, it's been a very long time since you know I go through my ups and downs. It's never like an extreme for years it's always months where like i'm really bad or months where i'm good
0: for the second question he's asked about physical issues be like be like i i'm not 100% sure what you mean i can't talk about the scientific part but you know how you said your body like rejects it those kind of things and then like how your body gets impacted by eating disorder do you know what i mean like,
1: all right yeah, yeah okay
0: I remember when it gets to 1730. I'll start. And our second, which is our final question is, are eating disorders more psychological or are there cases of physical issues?
1: Um, I can't really speak much on that because I don't really know the scientific stuff behind it. But um, for me, it's just physically your body does change. I think this is what you mean. Um, Your body does go through some changes, Um, like how I just talked about, you know, my body rejects food or like I feel extremely weak. I feel like, you know, when I get up, I I almost feel faint when I don't eat for a really long time. It's just your body goes through these changes and it's scary. But I mean, these sort of experiences are what really made me realize that it's time to recover. It's time to change your way of eating.
0: And I think we're going to end the episode there. Thank you so much, Vrisha. This was such a powerful and such a personal episode. Thank you for being brave enough to talk about it. I I think everyone who's listening completely agrees. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Hamza.
0: So see you guys in the next episode is going to be coming out, hopefully later this week or maybe in the beginning of next week.